I liked your last intro where you were like, this is the Upper Flash Podcast. This, 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 this is the Upper, up, up, Upper, up class pod, Upper Class Podcast. You guys ready? I am your host, Bryant, and I'm joined here in my guest bedroom with my sister, Brooke. Hi. Brooke's joining us for the first time ever. She's uh, been going to CMUC for a little while now, but Brooke, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for anyone who doesn't know you? Hi there. I am Brooke, Bryant's little sister, as he said, and I've been going to CMUC for just a little while, but I am a part of Church on the Hill, and I do a lot of worship. I'm also joined by uh, Kyler. Hello. You've been on a few times now, but I still want you to introduce yourself too. All right. Um, my name is Kyler, and I think this is my third or fourth time on the podcast, and I run soundboard at the church when we are physically at the church, but now I record podcasts. Sweet. Isn't it fun, though? I love recording podcasts. It's awesome. Sweet. Awesome. All right, Tristan. Tristan's with us too. Tristan, looks like you're sitting in a car. Yes, I am. I'm sitting in a car right now because the rest of my family is being kind of loud like right now. So. <laughs> well, that's a good move. But yeah. Car getting a little bit warm? A little bit. I can open the door occasionally. Okay, that's good. All right, Tristan, why don't you introduce yourself to you for those who don't know you? Uh, yeah, hi. Um, my name is Tristan Carlson. I've been on a couple times, and um, I go to Calvary Mac, and mostly what I do there is just a lot of worship for both the main service and for youth group. That's great. Good to get to know you, Tristan. It's good to get known. <laughs> all right. Well, we're all excited to get to dive into episode six, where we're finishing off our discussion on the spiritual disciplines, and we're going to talk about the corporate disciplines today, but we'll get to that a little bit later. I just wanted everyone to know that we're all meeting over Zoom right now, and so there might be some tech glitches, some some lower quality audio, and we're excited for when we all get to go back into the studio, but please bear with us, and if you hear someone freak out and throw their computer across the room, you know that it's because the tech was glitching out. Anyway, uh, right now, we're recording a podcast because we can't meet in person. As everyone knows, everything's been shut down for a while now, week six of this whole mess, and uh, the vision behind this podcast is that we'd be able to stay connected. So imagine this, we're still going to meet for youth group, but it's going to be in very small groups over the internet, over FaceTime, over texting, and uh, what you're going to do is you're going to listen to this podcast. You can find it either on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on our uh, church website, and then what you're going to do is call up a friend after you listen to it and talk about the questions at the end. One thing that we want to remember to keep bringing it up every single podcast episode is that home is your first church. That's what God's teaching us through this season. As you know, we can't meet in big giant groups anymore. We can't meet on Sunday mornings as a church. And so everything got really small, really fast. And that's a good thing. God's really using this time to teach his people so much about him and about how to interact with him and one of those ways is that your home is your first church if you're a parent listening to this you're the pastor of your home if you uh, happen to live on your own well you need to get serious about your relationship with god if you haven't already home is your first church it doesn't begin on sunday mornings it begins in your own life on your own just so everyone is aware, this podcast was recorded a week in advance and things change every day. We really have no idea what the world is like by the time people listen to this. All that being said, it's time for our coronavirus update. We're still on lockdown until at least April 30th. How does that make you feel, guys? That, that date's coming quick. Do you think it's going to change? I don't think it's going to last. I think it'll probably be pushed back until May or later. Oh, okay. So there's the, the doomsday. Do we have another perspective? Um... I say definitely if we don't see any sort of change within the next week, then we probably won't see 
any really opening for a while. All right. So Tristan agrees with Kyler. Brooke, what do you think? I am not sure yet. I'm just going to let things go the way they need to go and trust that whatever happens, it's in God's plan. Well, that's a good perspective, too. I guess I want to be optimistic, and I want to believe that church will be able to meet on May 3rd. But I also realize that there's been a lot of promises of things reopening that we haven't seen. So I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't until June or so that we get to meet together. But I still think it's going to happen. I think my perspective of this comes from just schools being closed. And, you know, it's the end of the school year. So I just feel like nothing's going to open. School's out for summer, right? Yeah. And it's out for all the seniors because they don't have to do school anymore. So it's kind of just done. Worked out good for you guys. So uh, like like I've said before, we're on week six of the shutdown. What have you guys been doing and how are you guys doing? I've been doing pretty good. I have been gardening mostly. That's the most notable thing I've done. And I can. it's fun watching the flowers grow because every day they're just a little bit bigger. <laughs> That's awesome. I've been finding myself kind of just getting into routines every day where I realize right now, like mostly every day looks the same. So like I wake up around like 8.15 in the morning and then I do school until about like two o'clock in the afternoon. And then I just kind of hang out in my backyard for a couple hours if it's nice, which it has been lately. So that's been one good thing. Sweet. I, rhythms are good. It helps keep your head on your shoulders. I've been uh, writing a lot of worship and that's just been something that's totally been working in my spirit. And I've been reading a lot of the Bible, just trying to use this time to build my relationship with God. That's great. That's what we hope everyone will be doing too, uh, is just pouring into their relationship with God as we have a chance to kind of slow down, remove stuff out of our life. To build off of what you guys just said, I started a Bible study after the study podcast. Uh, I don't know if that was last week or the week before, but I started reading like all the gospels. It was Easter as after Easter. I started reading all the gospels at the same time just to like really get a feel for the life of Jesus. Because I mean, each one has their own individual thing, but they also talk about his life in similar stages. So I just wanted to see what it would be like to do that. That's awesome, man. I'm super glad to hear that. I've um, lately, I've been trying to really look at more like historical context of things from the Bible where like I'm reading the Bible, but, but then I see something interesting. So then I want to learn more about like details from history about that certain stuff, you know, like uh, around Easter, I want to learn more about like Roman practices and stuff. So it was just for me, it was really fun to just kind of learn and study just kind of what life was like back then. That's awesome, dude. Cool. Well, I'm glad that sounds like everyone's been doing okay. Can I say everyone's been doing good? Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, just so everyone's updated on everyone who's listening, the podcast will continue even after everything gets up and gets going. So don't worry. We're still going to be able to uh, record these. And in fact, they'll probably be even better because we'll be able to record them together in the studio. But until then, uh, this has been a really fun way to stay connected and challenge each other and, and hope to hope, we hope that God uses this podcast to encourage those who listen. Let's go ahead and get into our first topic of today. I, I just wanted to open up the discussion. We've got two seniors here, Brooke and Kyler. They're both seniors, and uh, for anyone who somehow doesn't know 2020 seniors have kind of missed out on a few things that every other class of seniors got to do uh brooke and kyler what's your perspective on the 2020 senior experience well um it's been really weird this year i personally already do half-time online school and then i go to the physical high school mcminnville high and I graduated from my online schooling, but I was taking a ton of electives this last semester, and it's really a big bummer that I don't get to, you know, make those friends and connections 
and I never even got to say a real goodbye to any of the people that I did connect with at school. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that's been hard. And then uh, how do you guys feel about uh, like not having prom or graduation and stuff like that? For me, uh, not having prom is disappointing because I had like I had plans for that, especially because I went last year. I just knew what I wanted to do this year instead of it being like a first time thing. But for graduation and like senior skip trip and all that stuff, I don't really know what I'm missing because I've never had it before. Yeah. And then also here we are going into like spring sports season and, and all those are canceled too. It's just kind of crazy. All the extracurriculars that, you know, students have always counted on are just kind of going away. Yeah. It's definitely a weird year for everyone. You know, I, I remember I've been kind of thinking like for me personally, I've kind of had to deal with something a little bit similar the past kind of year where I had to come out of school because I was injured and I had to not do sports and stuff, but it's, it's just really hard to see other people have to miss that out too, because I know it's really disappointing to not be able to play sports or hang out with friends in classes or just that environment you have at school. It's yeah, I can definitely say it's really tough. Yeah. All I can say is you can't change the past. We shouldn't live in that disappointment, that sadness, you know, whatever it is. And we should instead look toward the future. And so I know, at least for Brooke and Kyler, both of you already have your schools picked out that you're going to. And so I'd encourage you to take advantage of every extracurricular thing that your school offers, whether that's joining campus clubs, campus different community events, and just... Don't be a party pooper. Don't sit out on those things. I mean, it's a take advantage of them now, especially since you uh, missed out on some of the things that you could have done when you were a senior in high school. Um, uh, next year, I'm planning to join the rock climbing club if they have one there, because I know they have a rock climbing wall. So that's something I've been looking forward to for at least a year, I think. I know the college I'm going to has a worship team. And it'd be really cool to be a part of that. Yeah, I'm sure that they would love to have you on there. And the reason why I know that is because she's going to be going to the same college as me. So that's going to be weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, uh, for those of you who missed it at the beginning, Brooke is my sister. And how aren't we like nine years apart or something? And uh, so now we're going to the same college. Luckily, I don't think we'll be in the same classes because that would just be extra weird. But, but you know, it's kind of funny. That is kind of funny. I think my sister and I, we're going to be going to the same college next year. She's three years older than me. And we, depending on how I do my education, we might be in the same graduating class. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome, though. <laughs> so uh, I wonder how they do like the walking and the diploma thing. If like you guys will walk up next to each other. I don't know how I'd feel about that. <laughs> I think I'd like to walk up by myself. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's crazy. But, um, you know, I just wanted to kind of talk about, you know, get it out in the air about the whole 2020 senior experience and just uh give you guys some hope that there's plenty of extracurricular fun stuff to do when you make it to college and you'll you'll get to uh take full advantage of those and uh still have a great you know education experience also for those of you that can't see it looks like tristan's taking a nap now glasses are off and he's reclined the seat back and <laughs> I'm not taking a nap. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get comfortable. It's pretty hot in here. And I'm trying not to open the door because there's always outside noise. We'll have to keep checking in on you. No, yeah, with the seat back like this, this is nice. Okay. I feel more air coming through. He's not napping. He's just resting his eyes. Okay, yeah, got it, got it. So if you uh, start to die of heat, then honk the horn three times. Yeah, like from the office with Kevin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do these conversations always go back to the office? Yeah. Because the office is amazing. Because you can relate everything in life with the office. We'll keep checking in with you, Tristan, to make sure that you're doing all right. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I'm awake. There's one more thing that I wanted to talk about before we get into our good news story, and that is our Pen Pals program. It was a huge success with the first round, and now we've got a whole bunch of... Uh, new participants who are ready to, you know, start having letters written to them. I know a couple of us on the podcast have already started doing that, uh, both Brooke and Tristan. How's that been, guys? Um, I really, really enjoy it. I haven't gotten a letter back yet. I sent it out maybe a week and a half ago. I'm hoping maybe she's just taking her time reading it or maybe it's just taking its time getting to her. But I'm just really excited about it, and I hope that 
whatever is in my letter just speaks to her. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing going on for me. I sent a letter out like a week and a half ago, kind of asking more about uh, the lady I got and just questions for her. And, you know, I'm excited for when I get a response back, you know, because then I'll be able to write another letter. Yeah, it's so awesome that you guys stepped up and are doing that. And uh, for anyone listening who wants to be a part of this, go to calvarymac.com and there's uh, information there. Or you can uh, direct message us at calvarymac underscore upper class. And if you do DM us, we can get you on the right path set up. But this is an awesome uh ministry that we're doing during this time i mean think about it a lot of these seniors are already isolated and alone and sad some of them their families just dump them there and then don't really ever come say hi and now it's even amplified because it's a it's a very vulnerable part of the population when it comes to coronavirus so they're even more isolated than they were before and so this is a way for us to love them and reach out to them and let them know that we're thinking about them, praying about them, that we care about them. So if you want to join the vision of that and and help us love these seniors, then go ahead, calvarymac.com or calvarymac upper class on Instagram, and we'll get you guys hooked up with that. Well, enough about the virus. I'm ready for some uplifting news. We've got a couple of... Uh, uplifting news stories that Kyler and Tristan both uh, discovered for themselves. And that's that some of the big companies in our area are actually like really helping out uh, with the coronavirus stuff going on. Uh, Tristan, you said you found something cool the other day. Yeah, I did. Um, so last night for dinner, my mom, she was doing school. So us guys, we like pizza. So we're like, hey, let's get Little Caesars. And um, we go online and it turns out you can buy pizzas for first responders and they'll just donate a pizza to them, you know, randomly show up. And we just thought that's pretty cool. We bought one, not sure where it went. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure first responders uh, are pretty busy right now. If, if this uh, spike in cases is happening, like they think or thought it would, then they definitely are busy. So it's awesome to, help them out any chance we get you know we're really grateful for the first responders out there kyler you also saw something cool too so this was one that my parents were talking about and it's spending money at local businesses like uh, a restaurant in dayton called lone star if you give the receipts to someone either the city or whoever provides your power then they will take off like a certain amount of money off your electric bill and it's just to help keep the local businesses afloat during this time. I love that. That is so awesome. I mean, it's just the big businesses looking at the smaller businesses and helping them out. That's really cool. I mean, and and you got to think like every small business represents a family and a fam at least one family's income. And so it can be really hard if if those don't get any business. Yeah. For the Lone Star restaurant, we actually know the people who opened up that place and it was <clears throat> it's only a couple years ago, so. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, do they ever give you give you any hookups? No, mostly just friendly service. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's better than nothing, right? <laughs> well, that's great. That's some nice uplifting news to uh, help help get our heads in the right space uh, going through this. But there's one more thing that I wanted to bring up that I think is just awesome. Uh, we talked about it on another podcast, but I I feel like it's worth saying again. At Calvary Mac, we use this online church platform that was created by some mega church in Texas. They're the ones who made the a Bible app and stuff like that. And they created this platform for churches to be able to live stream. Well, because almost everyone is using this live stream, they are able to keep track of how many people are tuning in and there's a button on there that people can press to accept Christ during the service. Using that platform, over 69,000 people gave their life to Christ just on Easter Sunday. And I think that's amazing. Six, over 69,000 people. That is amazing, especially for online services where it's not as personal as some people are used to because it's not like talking to people afterwards. Yeah. I definitely think that's just so cool, you know, and who knows, it could even be more than that, you know, because maybe some people didn't, they just didn't know how to use the technology. I think it's really encouraging to see that kind of response. I know even for our own 
uh, you know, Sunday morning services. We've seen so many people giving their life to Christ that are people who would never go to church in the first place. You know, they're people who either have a stigma against the church or they're just simply don't like church. And they're willing, they're not willing to go to church, but they're willing to tune into the services. And, and those people have been giving their life to Christ. And it's just really awesome to see God using this time in a new way. I think it's kind of amazing to see, because without the church building, some of the stereotypes are just stripped away when it's online services. So it's really like a fresh thing for someone who doesn't like the church, doesn't want to go to church. It's just something new that they can you know get introduced to jesus through there's also the people who maybe are worried about physically going to church because they're afraid that maybe they'll be quote unquote judged but they feel more comfortable watching it online now and it just gives them a new place and then they realized you aren't going to be judged at church unless there's judgment from your cat or something like that Cats are pretty judgmental animals. That's all I got to say. They are. All right. I think that'll do it for our uplifting news. We've got big companies helping out the little guys and uh, helping out first responders. And then we've also got 69,000 people giving their life to Christ over Easter just using this one platform. That's just so encouraging and amazing. We know God's working and that there's revival happening. And it's amazing. It's time now that we get into the message. This is the Spiritual Disciplines Part 4, the very last week that we're going to be talking about the spiritual disciplines. So far, we've covered the inward disciplines, the outward disciplines, prayer, meditation, fasting, things like that. And today, we're moving on to the corporate disciplines. We believe that a massive part of owning your faith is willingly practicing the spiritual disciplines. Have you guys been doing anything new over this quarantine uh, after the conversations that we've had about the spiritual disciplines? I actually fasted the other day. Uh, I did a 24-hour fast, and it was just an amazing experience, and it just helped me get more in touch with God and where I am spiritually. That's awesome. Yeah, I think whenever I am talking about spiritual disciplines, I'm always encouraged to just get into the Word more, you know? And I think that's something like we all can do better. But for me personally, it's just it, whenever I hear stuff like that, it always encourages me to really read God's word more. Great. I just studying the gospels, the thing that I mentioned earlier, just looking through Jesus's life, it was inspired by the podcast and also Easter Sunday, just like trying to get to know Jesus more than I do right now. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that uh, you guys are reacting to everything we've been talking about. Today, I already mentioned we're going to uh, talk about the corporate disciplines. And so those are the things that we do together as a group. The first one I wanted to talk about is actually worship because it starts off as something that's very personal and alone, and it turns into a corporate discipline. And the, the first word that I wanted to say to you guys when we begin our conversation about worship is Shekinah. Do you guys know, have you heard that word before? I have not heard that word before. I have not heard it either. So Shekinah is a word in the Bible that represents the presence of the glory of God. The presence of the glory of God. The number one thing that will drive your personal desire to love and worship God is Shekinah. When you experience the presence of the glory of God, you can't get enough of it. You always want more. It causes you to lead a lifestyle of worship. And that's why worship starts off as personal, because it's something that doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings in the big group. It's something that you change yourself, the way that you live, your thought process, the things that you desire, you change that into worship of God because you're just so amazed by his grace, his glory, his His beauty, who he is, what he has done. And that's one thing that I always, when I talk about worship with people, and when I pray, uh, even on my own, about worship is God is so good, so perfect, so holy. He deserves all of our worship, all of our praise that we could ever give. He's more worthy than even a life lifetime of worshiping him just in himself. And then he does things that just causes him to be even more worthy of all of our worship and praise. 
the biggest thing he did was give his son to die in our place on the cross. So he's holy, perfect, worthy of all praise and adoration. And then he does this. Even more reason why we should love God. Even more reason why he's so good. Our response to how good God is and what he's done for us is to lead a lifestyle of worship. And so the book that we've been going through is called Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. And I wanted to read a little piece of it uh, as he's talking about this lifestyle of worship. It's, uh, It's on page 163 and it says this. Here is a practical handle to put on this idea. Live throughout the week as an heir of the kingdom listening for his voice, obeying his word. Since you have heard his voice throughout the week, you know that you will hear his voice when you gather for public worship. And so the public worship, the worship that we do corporately, comes out of the worship that we do on our own. So I'll say that again. We worship together on Sunday mornings out of the abundance that we worship in our lives, not the other way around. So maybe when you're a new Christian and you're learning about God, you know, you'll depend on the Sunday mornings for all your worship because you're learning how to worship. You're learning why he's worthy of worship. You're learning about God as he reveals himself to you. But eventually we cannot help but live out worship with our lives as we experience and thirst for the Shekinah glory of God. And once you worship God in your daily life, and you experience Shekinah in the mundane, nothing else is satisfying. No other lifestyle is good enough. You will never be satisfied again because you just want to lead a life of worship for God. I've been saying this is all, this is the personal side of worship, but we're talking about the corporate disciplines. And there's a reason why we worship together. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? I think one of the reasons we worship together is because it, when you're on your own, sometimes I feel like a lot of people People don't feel like they know how to worship or how to be worshipful in their hearts. And we were, I think we worship together because we as a group are the church. And when we bring up our worship to God, we're all saying in our heart, hey, we worship you, Lord. We want to be in your Shekinah. Yeah, you brought up a great point. One of the reasons why we worship together is because it's edifying as a whole, as a group. When we come together and we we surrender ourselves to the presence of God and we worship him and he accepts that worship and and we feel his love in that time together. It's extremely edifying. Another reason why we should worship together is because it's unifying. So it's edifying and it's unifying. It draws us together. We're pulled together, worshiping one God at one time, just singing out to him and it's unifying. I was going to say that we worship together so that we become the body of Christ, just like all together. So the unifying thing, and I don't know, because separately, like we're, we are called to have both independent uh, personal relationships with God, but also when we're all together, there are movements because where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there too. So it's kind of like bringing him to where we're gathered. That's good. I like it. I think a good reason why we worship together is to show as a body of Christ that we are truly praising this amazing, wonderful God and we're accepting his love for us and just showing everyone exactly how joyful we can become through worship. That's great. I love all those insights, guys. And so I also wanted to move on to how we worship together. And if you don't have the lifestyle of worship backing up your corporate worship, it won't be the same. It is cyclical in that we first learn about how to worship God, like what Tristan just said. We learn about how to worship God by worshiping together corporately. We brace that corporate experience with the worship that we do throughout our lives and on our own away from the corporate setting. There was a couple things I wanted to bring up about how we worship together. Do you, for, before we get into my own ideas, do you guys have any thoughts on how we worship together? I tend to think when we worship together, a lot of people really give it their all. Yeah, and that's the thing is like uh, in church, we pursue excellence in our worship so you know the musicians practice so that way we can hit all the right notes and sound good and unified together as we lead people in worship and the the worship leaders will oftentimes go to school to learn how to 
be worship leaders and and how to lead people into the Shekinah into the presence of God and we we spend money making sure that the tech is is high quality tech that way things sound right and yeah it's true and it's good that we put excellence into our worship services here's what I wanted to challenge people to do uh, when we talk about how we worship together especially those who uh, maybe have been going to church for a while and so this isn't new to them I want you guys to arrive 10 minutes early to the worship service before most people are there and just sit down in your chair and begin to pray for the presence of God to come into that place there's the personal side of worship and a corporate side of worship this is going to fulfill both of those things you should contemplate God and meditate on him to get your heart personally in the right place for worship but you should also pray for the presence of God to fall on the place and fall on the people who come into that place to worship together you should uh, lift up your pastor and worship leader and be praying that God's anointing would fall on them. That way, many people would come to know Jesus and, and people would full out worship Jesus in that service. So by doing this, you're making yourself a tool in which the Spirit of God transforms the hearts of people who will be worshiping with you. Prayer moves the hand of God. And so if people were to come early to a service, even just 10 minutes early on their own and just sit there, only a few people doing this would cause a great change, especially churches who maybe some people feel like they're a little bit low-key, dead, uh, people aren't as excited as they should be. Just a few people doing it will transform that church's worship experience. You mentioned earlier how worship leaders lead you into the Shekinah of God. And doing this, it would be essentially doing the same thing, wouldn't it? But through prayer. That's right. It's like you're partnering with the worship leader. Beyond that, um, and Foster does a really good point in, in his book, Celebration of discipline when he talks about worship is that the true worship leader is Jesus. And uh, I'd encourage you guys to read the book and learn more about what he means by that. But the implication that would have is that the worship leader is partnering with Jesus in leading people in worship. And so we as congregant members, people who come to worship, can also partner with Jesus and lead people into the Shekinah of God through prayer, just like what you said. It's true that even just a few people doing that intentionally praying for the service, the, the time of worship before it happens, could transform a church, could transform our own church. And so I encourage people who's listening right now, we don't gather together, so you can't come 10 minutes early, but 10 minutes before the service starts at your own home, you can be praying for the community who's watching this together all over the city to experience God in their own homes, because we need that prayer more than ever. Because it's harder for us to experience the glory of God in our own homes for some reason. And that's why we want God to teach people that home is your first church. And so home should be the first place that you experience God. Because the corporate worship is built off of the worship of your own life. And that's the reason why we're so excited about God teaching this to people. Home should be the place where you first experience God corporate worship. It's extremely important. And yet being home alone, worshiping God, worshiping God with your lifestyle is even more important than that. Before church starts this Sunday, pray that the glory of God would fall on the houses where people are gathered in his name, where families are gathered in his name, watching the church service or whatever church service it is that they're watching and that their homes would be turned into houses of worship. Wouldn't that be awesome? I think that would be awesome. I feel like the whole home is your first church thing is a very important message because well, the way that a lot of people do it now with church being, you know, church, it's just, it's asking God to move once a week in your life, once a week for an hour or two hours. But when you have worship all the time and home is your first church, then God is constantly moving in your life instead of just once a week. Yeah, you, you make a great point there. When we're doing like regular church, we kind of just tend to fall into this pattern where we come ready to worship and to serve for one hour out of your week. And then after that, you know, you just do your regular life. But this is just a great opportunity to just really treat your your home as a place of worship and as a place to practice what God's word has to say, you know? I hear people say quite often around this quarantine time that church is canceled 
um, because we can't be there physically, but because home is our first church, it shows that church isn't canceled because church isn't a place, it's a people. And it's just a great opportunity to show people who maybe aren't Christians and don't know that, um, that we aren't just going to church every Sunday and going with a flow of things. No, we're showing people that we are living out this lifestyle in Christ. I'm so glad that you guys said all that stuff. You all hit the nail right on the head about everything that we feel like God has been teaching us. And I'm, I'm just so excited to hear you guys say that. It's really encouraging and awesome. I hope that uh, that the consumerism mindset that people need to come to church to receive is broken through this time. I hope that uh, the, the way people treat church drastically changes because of the season that we're in. I hope that people stop thinking of worship as singing Christian karaoke and instead think of it as worshiping and praising God for his glory and how amazing he is beyond Sunday morning, even in your own life. I mean, I'm talking like literally singing worship songs alone, but also just pondering about God while you're living your daily life. And uh, I really believe that God's using this season to do that. And it's super exciting to hear about all the amazing testimonies of things going on. So let's go ahead and move on to uh, the discipline of celebration. I just want to start off by saying we don't do this enough. The art of celebration was lost somewhere in the past. And I love that Mr. Foster included this as a discipline in his book because it really is something that you have to decide on, something that you have to choose. I want to read another excerpt, or however you say that word, from the book. On page 192, he says this, To elicit genuine celebration, obedience must work itself into the ordinary fabric of our daily lives. Without that, our celebrating carries a hollow sound. For example, some people live in such a way that it is impossible to have any kind of happiness in their home. But then they go to church and sing songs and pray in the spirit, hoping that God will somehow give them an infusion of joy to make it through the day. They are looking for some kind of heavenly transfusion that will bypass the misery of their daily lives and give them joy. But God's desire is to transform the misery, not bypass it. Don't let your celebration be empty or hollow. Only celebrate when you mean it. But you should always celebrate when you mean it. When there's reasons to celebrate, you need to celebrate. Otherwise, okay, and that's here's the, the main reason why celebration is important. The reason why you could call this a Christian discipline is because it is linked directly to joy. And joy is a fruit of the Spirit that we read about in Galatians chapter 5. Don't let your celebration be empty or hollow. Otherwise, you will soon forget what true joy is. I'll say this. Faking joy doesn't lead to real joy. Only obeying God can lead to real joy. So just off of uh, everything I just said and what I just read, what are some of your guys' thoughts? We as Christians tend to forget that we follow Jesus because we know we can have joy in his presence. We can have joy in what he has given us. And so often we forget to show that joy to other people. I know I myself, I'm really guilty of just kind of living life without expressing joy, you know, because we have plenty to be joyful for. I mean, Jesus died on the cross for us. And I just like how what you were saying on that. I just love what it says in there about obeying God because it is a lifestyle celebration. And when we obey God, our life typically has reason for celebration. And accepting that fact will lead us to the joy and then we can lift that back up to God. And it's just this great cycle. I mainly have a question. The obedience part of it, is that like you living a godly life allows for celebration. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. So we've been talking about the disciplines for this whole uh, section. And so when we talk about obeying God, when, when Richard Foster talks about obeying God, he's talking about it in the context of uh, the disciplines. And so he's saying, if you live, if you obey God, as in if you follow the disciplines beyond that, of course, if you follow the disciplines, you're going to be obeying God. That's what leads to joy, is having a disciplined life. 
Okay, that makes sense. The obvious question to ask is, how do I celebrate? Unfortunately, I too live as a 20th century Wait, are we in the 21st century now? 21st. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my bad. I, I get my centuries mixed up. So I, too, live as a 21st century Christian who really doesn't have a good model about how to celebrate. How do we even celebrate? I don't even really think that I know how to treat joy in my life uh, the way that I should. Um, it's something that truly has been lost in the ages, but... It's something that we can study and learn about and uh, begin to bring into our own lives. And so I'm going to give some very obvious uh, frameworks about how to celebrate. And uh, one of those things is by actually like throwing parties and celebrating uh, in a big way with other people when things happen. Even for smaller things like getting a, a raise in your job or graduating something or finishing some sort of chapter in your life. You know, even uh, bigger things, celebrating those, it's really easy to just give it a word like, oh, yeah, that's so exciting that that happened and then forget about it without truly taking in, you know, the blessings that God has given you in that time. I'm trying to think of other uh, times in our life that a lot of times we let it pass by without celebrating it. I have an example. Um, a couple weeks ago, when like our last time having youth group, and I had like kind of a big like healing thing happen to me. But we did is we went out we went out and just got Dairy Queen, you know, and just sat at a table and just joked around for a couple hours. I think that's kind of what Brian means about celebrating is we just have to celebrate and take joy in those times and really take in what we've been blessed with. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's the thing with all of the disciplines, it starts off with an activity that you're choosing to do. And then it transforms into a lifestyle. And that's how it is with celebration. It's something that you choose to do. You choose to celebrate the notable moments, the blessings of God. And then it becomes a lifestyle of joy. When you notice the things that bring joy and you thank God for them and you celebrate them. This discipline especially reminds me of like ancient Jewish culture where they had a festival like every day it seemed like there was so many festivals like they all it was it's just crazy so i think that's something that we can base this off of just looking at them and every every day they had something to celebrate for you're exactly right and that takes us right down to the next uh question we were going to get to is why why celebrate well if you really want like an obvious reason why just look at how the Jewish culture used to work. They had celebrations for everything. And a lot of them weren't just random festivals that they decided to start doing. They were God mandated festivals where, uh, they, God would tell them celebrate, you know, how good I am, have these feasts and these festivals and get together and be joyful and so you're right. That's something that we should look back at and emulate in our own lives is celebrating the things. So so how can we celebrate? I just gave an obvious example is celebrate the, the blessings from God, the good things that happen. You can also make a point to focus on the joys that God puts in your life, the things that you're joyful for, and then celebrate those. Here's the thing. As much as uh, joy is given to us by the Spirit of God, it is something that we have to choose. And that's why Richard Foster included this as a discipline in his book is because it's not something that just happens by itself. It's something that you have to choose to do. Choose joy. I've heard that uh, kind of cheesy one-liner quite a, quite a bit, but it has so much truth to it. Is as Christians we should be choosing joy, and uh, that's one way that we can live a lifestyle of celebration. And why do it? Well, for one, because God is so good, and He gives us many things in our lives to celebrate. Things worthy of celebration. When you stop celebrating things worthy of celebration, you're telling yourself that they aren't worth as much as they are. And so that's why celebration is important. That's why we need to focus on the things that bring joy in our lives and, and make them big deals. I'm going to move on now to uh, the final corporate discipline that we're going to talk about in this podcast, and that is guidance. 
And so when I think about guidance in a corporate way, the biggest example I can think of is mentorship. What are your guys' experience with mentorship? Do you know what mentorship even is or what it looks like? Well, I have a personal mentor that I meet with. I call her my spiritual counselor because she and I, um, we used to meet every week before quarantine happened and we still keep on in touch through texting and we just go through the Bible um, depending on what's going on and we talk about how we can use that in our lives and she typically chooses things that I can use directly in my life and we just work together to just build our faith in for God and it's just it's a great experience to have a mentor because they really when someone's an older Christian than you uh, they typically have more experience so a mentor relationship is someone who generally they're older than you who uh, is walking in the faith they have a fruitful walk with Christ you can they they're willing to partner with you and have a semi like a somewhat teaching relationship uh, with you to equip you for life and work with you one-on-one -on -one through through issues and struggles and decisions and it's a, it's an extremely beneficial part of the body of Christ I think one thing is for all of us that like listen to this and all of us high school students one mentor that I can think of for all of us is kind of Brian you know Brian's kind of our spiritual leader right now especially for us high school students so in case you were trying to think of a mentor in your life yeah i'm so glad that uh you guys see me as a uh mentor in your life too that's that's awesome and and i would also encourage uh you guys to take it a step further with uh mentoring and i mean i'd, I'd be willing to be a mentor for as many people as i can but also finding people who are willing to and able to meet with you one-on-one -on -one at a semi-regular basis and uh, get deep and talk about personal things that you're dealing with, struggling with. They, the mentor in your life is the one who's going to pray for you when you're going through a hard time, the one, the one who you're going to text when you get bad news, the one who you meet up with and they, they teach you about uh, living a biblical life and how you can do that in your situation like really real personal mentoring is like that and so I would encourage you guys also to find someone to be a uh, that next level of mentorship and one-on-one -on -one, uh, working with each other through life but that's another corporate uh, discipline that those who are older that are listening to this reach reach out to the younger guys and and uh, help them out because you've been through it, you know what they're going through, and you know how hard it can be to do it alone. Those younger people who are listening, ask someone in your life who you trust that has a fruitful faith, a fruitful walk with Jesus. Ask them to mentor you. That way you can gain from their experience and their knowledge and be encouraged and inspired, and uh, they'll help you through anything that you're struggling through. That officially wraps up our conversation on the spiritual disciplines I really wish that we could have gone deeper on some of them, but that's okay. You, What I need you to do is if there's a discipline that piqued your interest is study it on your own and practice it and take ownership of it and really live that out. Like I said, the disciplines are something that starts off as something that we practice, something that we do, but it becomes a lifestyle of ours that brings us closer to God. So I hope that you guys have been encouraged through the conversation about the spiritual disciplines. And I, I hope that it's helped you guys own your faith, too, as you uh, take responsibility for for these things. Um, the older that you get, the more you're going to have to do that with all different things in your life. And, and so that it's just good to understand these disciplines before you're too far along in, in your faith journey. But now it's time for some questions. And you can find these questions on the uh, Upper Class Instagram as well as on the Upper Class blog. Here they are. Who is one mentor in your life or someone who could be a mentor? What ways can you incorporate worship into your daily life? Do you celebrate enough? What things in your life should you celebrate? What do you know about Shekinah? How can you get the glory of God in your life?
How can you practice the disciplines to own your faith? You can find these questions on the Upper Class blog and on our Instagram. If you haven't already joined the Remind app uh, that we have going for our upperclassmen group, text at MacUpper to 81010. That's at MacUpper, uh, all one word, and that's the at symbol. But I really hope that um, through this whole four weeks that we've been, or even more than that, that we've been talking about the spiritual disciplines I hope that uh, you've been encouraged to own your own faith and, and take it into your own hands and practice these disciplines in order to grow closer to God. And uh, I really hope that I can call any of you guys when you're 25, just getting out of college, and hear that you're still in love with Jesus and still practicing your faith. Now it's time for some final thoughts. Tristan, do you have anything you'd like to leave us off with? Uh, yeah, just don't get disconnected, you know. I think now's a perfect time to just practice all these spiritual disciplines because you're going to need them in life. So yeah, that's just kind of my final thoughts there. That's great. Uh, Kyler. I agree with Tristan and now is the time to practice these disciplines because we have time to now. Brooke. Well, I think that everyone should just realize how important it is to practice these disciplines and, that if we do, then this will just be a great way to have God more present in our lives. And I also agree with Tristan. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Well, that'll do it for episode six, six of the Upper Class Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope that you're blessed and you'll have a great week. See you next week. And everyone said? Bye. And then we all said? Bye. <laughs> I just want to celebrate Can you guys hear me drink? Ew <laughs> I could hear the smacking but not the drinking Okay, alright <laughs> Is this ASMR now? Yeah, this is an ASMR podcast Ha, ha, ha.